Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in on this Sunday evening. What a blessing to be together. I'm very grateful you're there, grateful that you allowed me some time. My co-host, Pastor Josh, is with us today, and we look forward to the things he's going to be sharing with us on this program as well. And let me say again, to know that you are there means the world to us, and we're very grateful for that. Now, I want to answer a question here I've been asked uh, recently, actually several times, and here's the question. Preacher, what are we to do in the days that we see as the final days, the end times? What are we to do as a church? Are we doing anything different? Should we do anything different? Well, of course, the first answer is the church is here to spread the gospel. We're here as Jesus gave us the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples. And that's what we're to continue to do. He tells us to occupy till he comes, to be busy in the Lord's work till he comes. And uh, he encourages us to stay in the fort. That is, don't abandon that local church. Stay with it. Stick with it. Go with it. God loves the local church. Jesus loves it so much. He died for it. Yes, he did. So that's the first answer to that question. But then I do want to go to the book of Jude. And Jude writes about these very days that you and I are in. And in these days that we are in, he gives us some wonderful advice. First, he takes the verses at the beginning uh, to almost to the end and describes the days that we are in, the apostasy, the apathy. He describes these days. But then in the closing verses of the little book of Jude, who is a half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives us this information on how we as a church should be responding, and not only responding, but living and acting and performing as we hold the fort till Jesus comes, as we occupy, as we are there spreading the gospel. What are we to do? Well, I think he gives great advice here, and he, along with the Apostle Paul and uh, Peter as well, they give wonderful information to us in these last days. So I'm going to be dealing with that here in just a moment. And so we encourage you to go to our website, AntiochBristol.com. There you'll find many ways to connect with us. You can go to our podcast platforms as well, and uh, you can find a lot of information about us here at Antioch Baptist Church. Dot com. That's our website. All right. Preacher, what can we do or what should we be doing in these days? Well, here we go. In the book of Jude, as I said, in the closing verses, beginning there in about verse number 20, he says, But ye, beloved, he begins this last session talking about and talking to the church. He said, Ye, beloved, you, you who are believers, you who are part of the local church, part of the church of the living God, which is every born-again child of God, every believer. He says, 
Here's what you're to do. First of all, build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Building up yourselves. Now, how do we build up ourselves and our faith? Well, Peter says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We build our faith by growing in grace. And we grow in grace by the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the more we know God, the more we understand Him, the more grace we are receiving and, can I say, enjoying, and the more that is being revealed to us, and it builds our faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So Peter says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jude says, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So we're told here definite instructions to us as believers. First of all, keep reading, keep building your faith, keep listening to the Word of God. Stay right in that book more than ever. Uh, the writer of Hebrews re uh, reminds us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, and even the more so as we see the day, the day of the Lord's return, as we see the day approaching. So we're confident as believers, as the people of God, that we are to continue building up our faith through the study of the Word of God, through the attendance in that local church setting where the Word of God is being preached, a good Bible-believing church. He says, build up yourselves. And then, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's so wonderful, as Paul said in Romans 8, that uh, the Holy Spirit sends up groanings which cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit prays through us as we often don't know how to pray. And how boy, how guilty I am of that. Sometimes I just completely surrender, and I try to every time in prayer, but I surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, please, Holy Spirit, pray for me in this. Pray through me in this. I don't really know what to ask for or how to pray in this situation. You have the confidence and the promise that the Holy Spirit prays through you. But now Jude talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. Now the Holy Spirit, as He prays through us, He is also there that we can listen to Him as we pray. I know every time in my prayer life that I go to the Lord in prayer, the Holy Spirit reminds me of things to pray for. And I'm so glad for that because those are things and things often that's not even on my prayer list and people that's not even on my prayer list. And who brings it to your mind? The Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost under that guidance of the Spirit in the power of the Spirit. Now, I think Jude is in reference here to the fact that we are praying knowing the power of the Holy Spirit to pray through us and our prayers are going through Him, to our Lord. How wonderful this is. So we're building up ourselves and our faith. We're to continue doing that even the more so in these days, praying always, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep myself in the love of God. Well, uh, uh, John tells us that, uh, that if we love God, we'll obey His commandments. So, uh, how do I stay in love with God? Obeying His commandments. Do I have to obey His commandments to stay for God to continue to love me? 
That's not the question at all. Matter of fact, God loved you before you even knew the commandments. God loves you now, and he loves us unconditionally. But as believers, and I'm talking to believers, I'm talking to people of the church, he says, stay in love with God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. And may I say it this way, it's not keeping God in love with us, but it's keeping myself in love with God. I believe it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, that Paul says that we're to build, we're to take on the breastplate of faith and love, faith and love. He tells us in Ephesians 6, the breastplate of righteousness, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, the breastplate of faith and love. Now, are these two different breastplates? No, I don't think so at all. I think both of those are included in the same breastplate. The breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness of God that covers me and covers, what does a breastplate cover? Well, that Roman piece of armor covered the front and the back of a person. So it covered the heart and the lungs. We might say it covered that emotional part of us. Spiritually, it does. So I'm to cover my emotions with faith and love. Faith in God, love to God, and love for others. And also that breastplate of righteousness which is part of that breastplate, righteousness, faith, and love, we have, we have the right standing with God, His righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which gives you and I a wonderful, glorious joy in our hearts, a wonderful, glorious standing with God. And as David prayed, Lord, uh, renew unto me the joy of my salvation. In Psalm 51. That's the one thing in that fellowship he was missing with God. And he so wanted that back. And that's really what Jude is talking about too. So you have Jude and Paul and Peter and John. All of them telling us literally the same things. In different words but yet the same. So build up yourself in your most holy faith. Studying, attending church. Uh, getting the word of God in you. Praying in the love of uh, the Holy Ghost, prayer, and then keeping yourselves in the love of God, keeping in love with God, keeping that breastplate. And by the way, uh, the question was asked me once, uh, how do you put on this armor, preacher? It talks about the armor of God, Ephesians 6 and, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Paul says he takes the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of salvation. Uh, then, then, preacher, how do we do that? Well, it's simple. It really is. Once, once you understand, and let me explain it to you. By faith, every morning, that's how we talk with God. That's how we live. Uh, the, the righteous, we reminded that this past week in the anniversary of the Reformation, that the just shall live by faith. So by faith, every morning, I'd encourage you, or even several times a day, to pray Ephesians 6 and say, Lord, or, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, Lord, I, I take the whole armor of God by faith. I take each piece of that armor. I'm putting it on right now. I'm putting on the girdle of truth. I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. And that breastplate has faith and love. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. I'm putting on, Lord, right now my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which really, it, it, it includes more than just this gospel. It includes the entire word of God. You're standing on truth. You've got the girdle of truth. You're standing on the truth of the gospel of peace. And I'm 
I have my feet shod with that. I have I have now also the shield of faith, whereby I can quench all of the fiery arrows and darts of the wicked one. Old Satan, that shield of faith. Paul said it's a breastplate of faith and love as well. So you have that along with the shield of faith. Hallelujah. So by, by faith, I'm going to ask the Lord, do it audibly. It'll help you uh, to clothe me with this and clothe my family with us. And then he talks about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that Word of God. That sword was used as an offensive weapon, by the way. Yes, it was. It was an offensive weapon used to fight with, used to, to defeat the devil. How did Jesus, when he was spent 40 days in the wilderness and was afterwards tested of the devil, how did he defeat Satan? He quoted from the book of Deuteronomy. He quoted the word of God. He was weak physically, extremely hungry, and Satan, as he does us, does everything possible to tempt us. And our Lord Jesus defeated him with the Word of God. And you and I do the same. So that is that sword that he talks about in Ephesians 6. Take that sword of the Spirit. And then he concludes Ephesians 6 in the armor of with prayer and prayer and prayer. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what Jude tells us here. In these days, build up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Look at this. And looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Looking, expecting, expecting, watchful, uh, believing God's answering these prayers. And he's continuing to work in these days. Sometimes people think, well, at the in, in the end times or the time of the end, which I think we're at, uh, that uh, we're not going to see the Lord working. No, I think you'll see him working more and more, more than ever. That's what Jude tells us here. And then he tells us to always keep that compassion and others save with fear. Well, if some have compassion, making a difference, others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. What do these verses really mean to us? Well, he knew that these days of apostasy and apathy, that you would have a, a tremendous attack against the believers by the culture. The culture would be there. It would be a in-your-faith, or excuse me, in-your-face culture. Now, you're going to listen to me. I don't believe that Bible, that archaic book, and, it's a, and that's where we are today. we got that in-your-face culture. Well, what are we to do? Well, they need the rebuttal with truth. Uh, they need to be refuted with truth, but it needs to be done compassionately, even pulling them out of the fire, not arrogantly and pridefully, but compassionately. So I want to encourage you today. We have much to do in a short time to do it. Pastor Josh is coming now to share some great things with us. I know you're going to enjoy. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you to our listening audience. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on our website. That's AntiochBristol.com, AntiochBristol.com. And you can reach us by phone, area code 276-669-4030, 276 
669-4030. And thank you so much for those of you who uh, tune in as often as you can and who contact us and let us know that you're listening. That means so much to us, and thank you for that. Now, if you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can search Answers from Antioch. Connect with us on those podcast platforms. When you subscribe, all the new episodes will be automatically downloaded to your device, and you'll receive every new program, whether it be our Monday through Friday 10-minute program or this weekend 30-minute program. And so we encourage you to take advantage of that. Also, when you go to our church website, you'll find links to various places where we archive our Sunday service videos. Our sermons and much more are archived, and you can take advantage of that through a plethora of options, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, SermonAudio.com, or many, many others, and right directly on our website, AntiochBristol.com as well. I also want to invite you to join us next Sunday night, one week from today, Sunday, November the 12th at 5 p.m. right here at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. The Southern Gospel Group Poet Voices will be with us. Brother Phil Cross started this group many years ago, and he's been a legendary singer and songwriter of his own right. But this is his quartet, Poet Voices, and we're looking forward to having them with us again. That's next Sunday, November the 12th at 5 p.m. No tickets or reservations are needed. Seating is just simply first come, first serve, and we invite you to join us in a wonderful night of worship. We're looking forward to that. November the 12th, 5 p.m., right here at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia, with the group Poet Voices. More information can be found on our website and Facebook pages as well. Now, today on the calendars is November the 5th, and it was the day that here in America we fell back an hour. Daylight savings time came to an end, and it starts getting dark a lot sooner. And some people love this time of year. Some people hate this time of year because of the perceived lack of sunlight and how early it gets dark. Uh, Whatever your position is on that, you've got your opinion. I've got my opinion. But the point that I want to make today is the importance of how we spend the time that we have. And the thing that we get to look forward to is eternity with our Lord forever in eternity. Eternity literally means outside of time. That's the literal definition of eternal, outside of time. You see, God exists outside of the bounds of time. He acts in time, but he exists outside of time. And so when we go to be with him, we won't have any more time. There won't be any alarm clocks in heaven and somebody's saying amen. I can hear it right now, (laughs) no doubt about it, and that we uh, will exist outside of time. You know, in the, the last verse of Amazing Grace, many people sing it when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun will have uh, less, no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And, you know, we don't really mark time by years or months or days or weeks or even hours and minutes. We'll be outside of that 
when we get into eternity. This it's mind blowing to even try to conceive such a things because our lives are governed by time. Time waits for no man, the old saying goes, and that is so very true because it's constantly marching on, marching forward. And we're constantly thinking about where do I have to be at this time tomorrow and two days from now, three days from now, four days from now. Oh, yeah, I've got this appointment. I've got to be here. I've got to be there. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And we're constantly limited by time. And there's only so much that we can tackle because of the limitation of time. There's only so much that we can focus on because of the limitation of time. We're all limited by time. Well, did you know there's a psalm that tells us how this interplay really works out? It deals with God's eternality and the fact that we are stuck in time in this present moment. It's Psalm 90. It's ascribed to Moses, perhaps the oldest psalm in the Scriptures. It's called a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Verse 1 tells us, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. You know, sometimes people will speak about eternity past or eternity present or eternity future. In reality, that's a misnomer because eternity is just eternity. It's not past eternity or future eternity. That's a time concept. It's just an eternal now in eternity. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. God has always been, always will be, and has continued to just be forever. What did God tell Moses? The same one who wrote this in Exodus 3 says, The I am that I am has sent you. And so we see that God is the ever-existing one, the constant being that has always been and always will be. He just is the I am, the ever-existing one. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, return, you children of men. You see, we have a limited time that we live in. And this window of opportunity that we have in this moment of time, For the thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it's past, and as a watch in the night. To God, a thousand days is just like a few hours to us. A thousand years rolls by so quickly to him. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as sleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourishes and groweth up. In the evening it's cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. He said, God, we can't get away from anything from you. We can't hide anything from you. We can't escape from that. We are under the wrath of God. Yes, God is a God of love, but he's also a God who must deal with sin. That's what Moses is talking about, that we who are here in this time, God sees the sinful deeds that we commit, and he won't just sweep them under the rug. He won't forget about them and say, oh, that was nothing. No, he holds us accountable for these things, but thank God in his wrath, he does remember mercy. As it goes on, 
Moses describes in verse number 10, the days of our years are threescore years and ten, that's 70 years. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, or that's 80 years, yet is their strength and labor, their strength is labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. God, give us the perspective that we need while we live in this time. You see, friends, God has given you the gift of the present, and he's given you this moment that you can apply your heart to wisdom. And what is wisdom? It's wise to walk with God. It's wise to know him. It's wise to call upon him. It's wise to draw close to him in these days that he's given to us, because eternity is just getting to know him more and more and more and more. As he goes on here in Psalm 90 and verse 13, return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. He says, God, we need your mercy from a young age. We want to walk in your mercy every day of our lives, that we can rejoice in you. We can be glad all of our days. Verse 15, make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and let thy glory unto thy children, until their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Powerful verses that come from Moses in Psalm 90 that remind us of where our focus needs to be and how we are walking with the Lord in wisdom in these days. We're walking by his mercy. Every day, again, is a gift from God above. Every moment that we live, God is giving us the breath in our lungs. Our heart is beating because of God. Our eyes are seeing because of God. Our mouth is speaking because of God. Our ears are hearing because of God. Our brain is thinking and processing and keeping the rest of all the systems of our body in check and in working order and allowing us to think and to process complex information about eternity and about the present and about how we can apply our hearts to wisdom. You know, think about the gifts that God has blessed us with just in this very moment that's before us. He says, God, if you don't establish the work of our hands, we can't do it. We're depending upon you every moment of every day, God. You see, when we think about eternity, that reminds us of the vastness of God. Can I say it this way? The bigness of our God, the greatness of our God, that he exists so far beyond our realms. And Pastor Brad was speaking about how to live in these days. We don't know how many days that we have left to live, whether that be until death or until the rapture. But we know that God has given us right now this moment that we can walk with him, that we can keep our focus firmly fixed on him and grow in him, tell others about him, do all that we can for the cause of Christ in the day that we have and the opportunity that we have. For there's coming a time when we'll be outside of time. All of us will spend eternity somewhere. The big question is, where are you going to spend eternity? In heaven or in that place called hell? Now, how can you spend eternity in heaven? 
only by trusting in Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the only way. We must turn to him through faith. That's what Moses was praying. God, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts into wisdom. And then he's talking about the wrath of God in that same context. He says, we need to be wise enough to open our eyes to realize that this is the moment, this is the time, this is the hour that we need to appeal to God's mercy, that we need to make things right with God while we are here on this earth before we step foot into eternity. And friends, I don't know when that will be for you. I don't know when that will be for me. But I know one thing. I want to be ready. And I was made ready when I called on Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. But until that day, I want to continue walking with him in newness of life, dwelling in his mercy and his grace. And I hope that you will as well. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at AntiochBristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.